0: Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll. And together we are 3Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins because that's when the real drama happens.
1: So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring
0: MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed.
1: And come join the best community in MMA. Peace!
0: We're out of here.
2: So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
2: of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. John Zestremski, and I am so happy to report, I am so happy to say, all along, New York, Brooklyn, Nightmare, it is over, baby! Woo! Kyrie Irving, sayonara! The nightmare that has been Kyrie Irving. Across the board, every which way, from the last time we had a conversation, well, what happened? Kyrie, like an absolute knucklehead with the team playing great, says, you know what? Screw you, John Vaughn. Screw you guys on the Nets. Screw you, GM. I'm not getting my contract. I'm demanding a trade. And you know what the Nets decided? Enough is enough. And I have to admit I'm a little bit surprised on a couple of different fronts. I am surprised on the front. That the Nets, after playing so brilliantly, winning out of 18, out of 20 games, uh, having Durant singing Kumbaya, having Irving playing well for Jock Vaughn, that they blew it up. But when you think about everything that leads to this Kyrie Irving disaster, you reach a point of no return. And I think that's where ownership and that's where the front office was As far as Kyrie Irving, listen, I I don't need you to read you the laundry list of nonsense that the team has had to deal with since the minute he's put a net uniform on from the vaccine stuff to going AWOL uh, to the anti-Semitic stuff. All of it was just an absolute headache for the team. Now you're going to be the one demanding an extension and saying, oh, if I don't get my extension, get me out of here. I want to be traded. Screw you, man. Screw you. I am so thankful that Kyrie Irving was not a New York Nick. And if you're the Dallas Mavericks who made this trade today, and we're not going to really spend a lot of time talking about the Dallas angle of this, Luka and Kyrie is going to be a fun, sensational backcourt, but I got news for you. It ain't going to end well. Does honestly anybody in their right mind think it's going to end well with Kyrie Irving? How could you be that stupid? This is the same moron that ruined his relationship with LeBron James. Although LeBron, weirdly enough, wanted him back. I guess that's how desperate they are in Los Angeles. He was on that team said, no, get me the hell out of here. Then he goes to Boston. Real good nucleus. Guy by the name of Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown. Eastern Conference Finals. They go and get Gordon Hayward. Get me the hell out of here. Then he comes to Brooklyn. This is supposed to be the ultimate homecoming for Kyrie. Jersey guy. He wanted to be a net. He wanted this partnership with Kevin Durant and was a complete moron. Was a malcontent, was toxic, was beyond unlikable. I'm sure there are a lot of net fans saying, I'm sick and tired of rooting for this guy. I'm glad he's out of here. It's a relief. It's got to be a major burden off of the entire building across the board in Brooklyn saying, man. Thank goodness we don't have to deal with this nonsense any longer. And I get it. Kyrie Irving is a talent, is a fantastic player. He's a fantastic player. But if you were to give Dallas truth serum, who would you rather have on your team for the next four years? Kyrie Irving or Jalen Brunson? I honestly can't believe I'm answering this question the way that I am because a year ago I would have said you're certifiably insane. I'd rather have Jalen Brunson. His age? his attitude, his work ethic. He plays basketball. What a concept. Even if he's banged up, even if he's not 100%, he plays. We will look back on this Irving-Durant partnership as one of the biggest flops in the history of New York sports. And I can only imagine, and I know the net fan, some of them are going to be... Devastated because they know the other shoe is about to drop, and that's Kevin Durant, in the days, in the weeks, in the months ahead. But what you were promised out of these two guys and what you ultimately got as your return on investment was a joke. Think about it. The best the team ever did was get to the second round of the playoffs. Last year, they played the Boston Celtics. They got swept in four straight games. I'm surprised in many ways that Brooklyn was able to get Finney Smith and Dinwiddie, and a first-round pick. That's more than I'd, I'd give up for Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is toxic. That's just all there is to it. He has all of this toxicity, all of these bad vibes, everything that is attached to him. That's not me being mean or, or poking fun. That's just the simple facts. But now Brooklyn has got another big decision. The Kyrie nightmare is done. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We'll go down as one of the biggest malcontents in New York sports history. What's next for Kevin Durant? And you got to think Kevin Durant is going to demand a trade at some point in time. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's in the offseason. Maybe he wants to see how this team is going to play out the remainder of the year. That's probably the best course of action for everybody involved. I think it will be tough to get the best possible Kevin Durant deal done now. Short amount of time, a lot of moving parts. I think this is a summertime conversation, quite frankly. But I do think ultimately he's going to want out. And that's going to bother a lot of offense. Because all of this hope, all of this promise, City under new management, the celebrations that took place in the summer of 2019 for naught. For absolute naught. And I'm not pounding my chest from a Knicks fan's perspective. The Knicks clearly have a lot of work to do. They clearly are not of that championship ilk. But so much for the Nets taking over and running the NBA over the next couple years. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about that. What an absolute bust across the board. And part of it can be blamed on the Nets for enabling these players, specifically Irving. But I think a lot of it is on the shoulders of Kyrie Irving. Because again, this is what get it. You could ask the Boston Celtics about Kyrie Irving. You could ask the Cleveland Cavaliers about Kyrie Irving. So much for him playing nice here in Brooklyn. In fact, he took his level of toxicity and actually made it even worse here in Brooklyn. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know what I am so happy about? That I don't have to talk about Kyrie Irving on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on my New York show. You know how therapeutic that is for me? You know how enjoyable that is for me? I don't even have to mention this guy's name. Now, i do the gambling pods with the East Coast Buys Boys. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure I'll do some Mavs at some point in time. But, like, I don't have to spend my time with what in the world is Kyrie doing In an S&I way. Like, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be bothered with the day-to-day, minute-by-minute update on Kyrie Irving. Thank heavens for that. Thank heavens. Maybe that's selfishly me talking. Maybe that's me poking a little bit of fun at my friends who are in Brooklyn F-Fans. I thought it would work. I'll be the first to admit, when they brought these two guys together, In the summer of 2019, I thought they'd win a title. I mean, if you would have given me over, under, 0.5 title, 0.5 finals appearances, I would have hammered the over. Would have hammered the over on those finals appearances, that's for sure. What would the odds have been, July 2019, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would never play in a conference finals together? Get about an NBA finals. A conference finals together. Probably would have given you like eight to one, 10 to one, maybe even 20 to one. Maybe I'm being too generous. I don't know. But the era as we know it, and really it's E-R-R-O-R, not era, error. And if you like my English, well, you listen in the right place. You're not listening to the Philly special or the full gulf. Not with our New York twang, but good riddance, Kyrie. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Now, we get to the Knickerbockers, who lost a crushing game on Saturday night. And if the Knicks and anyone with knowledge of the fan base, the team, the history, you name it, was watching Saturday evening, you would have hammered, and I'm mad I didn't, the live line for the Los Angeles Clippers after Batum hits that ridiculous three. The Knicks are dead to rights. They're down seven to eight in the game Saturday night. They have this unbelievable comeback. Brunson's playing great. They're making all sorts of big plays, all sorts of big shots. Grind's coming through in a big way. But when they get the, the miss, the rebound, the kick out to Batum, and he hits the three, that was like, I got to hammer Los Angeles. I didn't, and it's a great regret of mine because the Knicks didn't have a chance of hell of winning the game. And Going into tonight's game, with the Knicks starters playing a bunch of minutes, with R.J. Barrett not suiting up in this particular game, I'm like, jeez, how are the Knicks going to take down a red-hot Philadelphia 76ers team? A team that, remember, gave it to them on Christmas Day. The Knicks got off to an awful start in this game. They're down 20-plus points. They looked like a team that went to overtime on Saturday night, and they looked like a team that was going to get absolutely smoked on Sunday evening. Here's what you got to respect about this group. They're not the most talented, clearly. They don't have a legitimate window. Like, we know there are limitations to what the Knicks are as a team. You know what they do bring to the table, though? They got to love, they really got to admire. They fight their freaking asses off night after night. And in many ways, to me, a lot of that spews from Jalen Brunson because I've noticed this attitude within the Knicks far more this year than what I even saw last year and even two years ago. This team fights night after night after night. They get back into the game. The bench gives them some really good minutes tonight. You got some great minutes out of McBride. And you got the game of 2022-2023 for the much maligned, my favorite son, Evan Fournier, who I can't stand as a player. But you know what I respect about Fournier? I'll tell you what I respect. The guy's been relegated to oblivion. Thibodeau has not played him for months. I have not heard one peep out of the Knicks of 48 screaming and bitching and moaning and, and just complaining to the high heavens about, oh, woe is me. Why aren't I playing? Blah, 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 The guy's been a professional. He's kept his mouth shut and he's waited for his opportunity. Well, he got an opportunity tonight. He hits five threes and goes six eleven from the field. That's professionalism. I hope it's the sort of professionalism, quite frankly, that gets Evan Fournier traded between now and Thursday. We know a team could use shooting it, though. The problem is Fournier in the backcourt with Jalen Brunson is a horrendous defensive fit. And I think anybody with half a brain realizes that. But give the Knicks credit. They outscored the Sixers by nine in the second quarter. They outscored him by 14 in the fourth quarter. Got great minutes from Hart and Stein too. 14 rebounds tonight and you go and win this game against the Sixers 108-97. I mean, it's probably one of, if not the best Knickerbocker win of this season. Off the wall Saturday night against an elite team down big in the game and they fight the way that they fought. Impressive. Very, very impressive. And it's a, it's an admirable characteristic and an admirable trait of this Nick team so far this year. They got a lot of fight. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you got to respect. You 1,000% got to respect. So we'll be watching NBA trade deadline between now and Thursday. Irving, Sainora, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. The Knicks, will they add a wing between now and Thursday? Ananobi, City Bay. I, I think you know the names that are out there. And what kind of resources are Liam Rose and company wanting to give up, knowing their store away and they're going to need a lot of those resources down the road for whoever that disgruntled store might be you got to think you got to have that in your war chest so you don't want to overexpose that going into Thursday night but they just have a ton of picks so they have a little bit of luxury maybe to go and make a move which is something I'd like to see them do All right, we got a loaded show for you I promise you we give you a little ask me anything and, of course, what ends up happening, Kyrie Irving demands a trade, and Kyrie Irving ends up getting traded. So uh, we'll do some hoops calls, but a little ask me anything. That's coming up. Then my guy, Justin Termini, who is always sassy. He's a pain in the ass. Look, he's one of the best NBA minds, period. I think he is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, despite the fact that he's a pain in my rear end. He'll join us from SiriusXM, so we'll have you covered. Trade front, Nets, Durant, what's coming up for the Knicks, big NBA pot. Big NBA pod before we do a lot of football as we make our way to Arizona on Tuesday, on Thursday. Uh, I will be doing a Spotify Live after Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday night that we will turn into a podcast. So we got a lot of things humming and cooking on the New York, New York feed. I'm just glad the New York, New York feed isn't going to have a whole lot of Kyrie Irving in it these days. Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right. Voice of Ask Me Anything Edition. They're coming up next. All right, Steph, let's do it. Ask me anything. And if you want to leave a voicemail, New York, New York, it's 917 382 1151. I never know what's coming. Believe it or not, there are people out there like, oh, JJ, pick what voicemails she answers on the show. No, I, Stefan can be my witness on this. Saruti, who is getting back from his paternity leave, he's one of the all time greats. We wish him well. Beautiful baby. Congratulations to Saruti and his wonderful wife. But, um, He could tell you as well, I don't listen to any of the voicemails, like period. I don't want to hear them. I don't want to know about them. They just come my way. So I wanted a little variety today, you know, like it's Super Bowl bye week. We're kind of smack dab in the middle of it. So I said, let's have a little fun with this. So, Stefan, let's have a little fun with this. Ask me anything. Let's go.
0: Let's go ahead, JJ. I have New Jersey. I got two questions for uh, asking anything. Number one. I know you say you don't like to talk a lot of hockey and regular season, but I've gotta ask you about the run futures of been I mean, coming into this season, no everyone thought, Oh, they they'd be lucky to get a wild card. And now they're one of the best teams in the entire National Hockey League. I mean, Jack Hughes. You literally he's so You've got Wayne Gretzky saying, Oh, he's the only guy who can catch Kyle McDavid. I don't know if I would go that far, but I definitely think he's gonna be a superstar in this league for years to come. And my second question, fascinating thing, is I'm gonna go movie related what are your thoughts, and are you excited for a new team of my brothers? Really? I mean, as a Ontario fan, like, all my life, it looks gorgeous, but I can't wait. See, big fans of the JJ after dark days. Love all your work. Peace out. Have a good one, JJ.
2: First of all, I appreciate that call. Your New Jersey Devils are having a terrific season. Um, We don't do a lot of regular season hockey. I'll be the first to admit that. We will do a hockey spot at some point in February. We'll we'll put somebody on because right now, if you look at the standings, we could be on a collision course, and how fun would this be, for a Devil Ranger first round series. The playoffs were to end today. And it looks like Carolina's going to win that division with 76 points. Devils at 68. Rangers, 62. Hmm, I like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Can we somehow, someway, Get a Nick Net first round and a Devil Ranger first round. Like, sign me up for that right now. Give me all the content imaginable. Plus, the Yankees and the Mets coming back and the NFL draft. Oh, my goodness. Makes me excited. I know what I'm more excited for, that. Playing golf at Silver Lake on a Monday or playing golf on Wednesday in Arizona and Radio Row and everything. Just a lot of good things coming away. What can I say? As far as Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers, I, I did not even know they were doing a remake. You know, my thing with movies is I usually get this information much closer to the release. Like, I might see something I might put it in the back of my mind and say, oh, that's that's a good idea. I gotta remember that one. That's usually how I am with television shows. Like, Your Honor, I saw all the ads, which I'm into, by the way. Second season of Your Honor, Brian Cranston. It's dark. It's dreary. It's a little depressing. But I love my guy Cranston. We got to get Cranston on the podcast. Allison Turner, uh, that's going to be the next thing I annoy you with after, uh, after Super Bowl week. When we get Brian Cranston on the podcast, that needs to happen. That absolutely needs to happen. He is phenomenal. But Super Mario Brothers, I'd have to see the cast. Right now, I'm kind of, eh, so-so. All right, who's next? Hey, JJ, Charlie, and Helmers. So,
5: JJ AMA, so here are my questions. Uh, I'm a T Swift guy. I'm pretty sure you like T Swift. I won't mention Taylor Swift. So, what's your five favorite Taylor Swift songs, or any favorite songs of her? Uh, here are my five favorite songs. I'm more pop Taylor Swift compared to country Taylor Swift. I like some of her country songs, but more pop Taylor Swift songs. So, Sparks Flies one, Style, Call It What You Want, The One. And Lavender, haze. so those are my five favorite songs, Subject to Change, but four of them are Locke. Uh, do you have any favorite Taylor Swift songs? I just want to ask you. And another question is, I don't know if you saw the Mike and the Mad Dog reading on first day, Wednesday, and usually don't agree with Mike Francesa, or like, I don't not nah, nah, into Mike Francesa, but he said this important thing that I really, really agree. Lou, he said losing the Stadium has killed the Yankees. I'm talking we're referencing the old stadium. And I completely agree. I wish they never tear up the old stadium down. They should renovate it more. I know the season come old, and George Steinbrenner wanted to put in the luxury suites, luxury boxing on and on and on. But the new stadium I think he it lost his appeal. Are you watch are you going there to watch baseball game or or, or do going there for entertaining things? And the old stadium, the field looks so bigger. The new stadium feels small, and it's it's, it's kind of too nice, playful. I just like you know, it, it it just fractured me as a Yankee fan that I wish I'd gone to more Yankees game at the old stadium compared to in my lifetime. I envy I you like Anthony Sayase who has gone more Yankee games, watched Yankee games, went to Yankee games at the old stadium. I envy you, I respect you. So like I just like I wish they never tear up the old stadium down. And the biggest problem I have is Monument Park. They set up at Monument Park at the new stadium. Is so ter- bad. Like the old stadium, uh I mean you could see it from the every section of the ballpark. That that was that was awesome. But the setup here to do a stadium the Monument Park is just bad. So, yeah, what's your take on this, man? Love uh, JJMA. Let's go. Let's go, man.
2: Wow. Two outstanding questions from Charlie and Elmhurst. Um, first of all, Frances's teeth are fabulous. They are so white. I, I need a secret. I'm going to have to text Mike. What's the secret? I got to know. How are my teeth going to look that good when I'm like 65, 70 years old? Please, Mike. You got to shed some light on that. Um, I'm with you on the old stadium. You know, I was watching Anger Management, which a great movie. Jack Nicholson, Adam Sandler, Marissa Tomei that was on a couple of days ago. Now I was scrolling through the channels, and you know, the end of the movie, they got the scene at Yankee Stadium. Clemens and Jeter and even Giuliani's there. It's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous to think about it, like in this time warp. But the old stadium just, there's something about it. It rocked. I wish it was renovated. The new stadium is not the same. I get why they built a new stadium. They didn't need to build a new stadium. It was a colossal blunder. The Yankees could do it over again. They should have renovated Yankee Stadium. Food for thought. Taylor Swift songs. Wow. I like T-Swift. My guy, Mike Flegelman, I know is going to be grading me to a T. He's like the Taylor Swift aficionado. My favorites. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. I love that song. Red, I think, is a phenomenal song. I like Mean. I think she wrote that about John Mayer. I like that one. And then uh, Shake It Off. And off the new album, that Lavender Hayes song, is pops, baby. It pops. Love me some T-Swift. I want to see T-Swift in concert again. I saw her 1989 tour of Met Life. I would absolutely go again without hesitation. All right, who's next? JJ,
5: Dustin from Staten Island here. Just want to know, what's your order from Luger's
2: and uh, how do you get your steak done? Thank you. Justin, love you, buddy. It's very simple. Medium rare. You don't mess with it. I have lunatics like Luger's Seth, who works with me at SOI. When Stefan and I went to dinner, he's looking to order the steak rare, which to me is a little bit of a savage move, to, to be perfectly honest. The medium rare, they know what they're doing. What do I get at Luger's? Steak medium rare. Shrimp cocktail, a couple pieces of bacon. You got to get this cream spinach; it is an absolute must. You got to get the German potatoes and a little key lime pie for dessert. Now I'm hungry. Can I go to Luger's right after the podcast? Oh, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal question. All right, next.
5: Hey, JJ, Aaron, and I—I I saw on Twitter that you're doing a AMA. for I have a question for you about New York sports in general. How would you rank the eight teams in the NBA, MLB, NFL and NHL and how much you like them, how much you root for them, the eight New York teams? I know you'd have the Yankees first and the Knicks second and the Nets last, but how's the middle of that power ranking shaping up? Like giants. Where are they? Jets, where are they? Islanders. You get get the idea. Rangers. Powering the eight teams. Later.
2: Yeah, that's impossible for me to do, Aaron. I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm a Yankee and a Knicks fan. So they're obviously going to take priority. I really don't have a hockey team. Like, I I like to see the hockey teams do well, but I don't have a team. Like, for me to say I'm as big a Ranger or Island, no, I'm not. Like, the Yankees and the Knicks, I religiously watch every single game. I do not do that with the hockey. It's very, very different. And listen, I'll admit, I work at SOI. The Mets doing well is good for business. The Jets and the Giants doing well is good for business. That's what you learn. When you have a platform, the teams being awful is not good. It's not fun. I want the teams playing games that matter? For goodness' sakes, I will say I feel like I gained an affinity for the Giants having Daniel Jones on the show every week. Does that maybe help with your question? Like, did I find myself rooting for him a lot throughout the course of this football season? You can best believe I did, because I want to see him do well. It's good for business. He's a good guy. He's a likable guy. I want to see him do well. So I hope that helps. All right, who's next?
5: Hey, JJ Ryan from Westchester here. Uh, I know you're a big Q guy, so I needed to vent with someone. Uh, I'm sure you saw the article last night about Jim Beheim. Uh, 31 years as a Q stand, and holy shit, am I done with this guy? He can't coach anymore. He can't recruit. He hates what college basketball has become. So why is he still doing this? All his friends quit the sport. Why doesn't he just join them? He seems miserable every time he gets in front of a microphone and has become, honestly, an utter embarrassment to both. Program in the university
2: at this point. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Wow. Ryan with the jackhammer. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to address this anyway. I have considered myself one of the biggest Jim Beheim proponents and advocates in media for a long, long time. I understand he's royalty at that school, I understand he calls the shots at that school. The interview he gave to Pete Dammel on Saturday night was absolutely embarrassing. And I loved Jim, I do. I love Buddy. I love the family. That was an embarrassing interview. To take shots at the NIL when you are getting money for the kid from Cornell Hayes. They just gave him a million dollars, for goodness sakes. And you're going to go after Wake Forest? And you're going to go after my guy, Coach O'Toole at Pittsburgh? Are you kidding me? And he retracted it. He retracted it eight hours later. That's the sort of interview like Jim Wonderworld is going on here. Have a clue. Because it seems like you're stuck in your ways. Just like he's stuck in his ways with his 2-3 defense, which I always loved. But college basketball has adapted. The transfer portal and NIL is a part of the sport. You don't like it, go play golf. You don't have to coach anymore. And I don't want to be the guy that's like banging a drum saying, Jim, get the hell out of here. I get it. He is Syracuse basketball. But that interview was tone deaf. That interview was out of touch. That interview makes me believe you don't get it. You don't understand where the sport is going. So yeah, Ryan, that was alarming. Doesn't even begin to describe it. it was like, holy shit. Come on. You got to be with the times. If you're going to coach and you're going to be at the best of the best of the best, you know, he's referencing Jay Wright and Shashevsky. They left, but their programs are at the top of the sport. Bayon's program is not. Three out of four years, because this year they're not going to the NCAA tournament. They're on the outside looking in. This young core better be the answer. Like, next year, if they're not in the tournament, there needs to be a discussion. Like, what's going on? What happened to the proud brand that was Syracuse basketball? All right, one more. Let's hear it, Steph.
0: JJ, it's Anthony and Syosset. Um, You know, I, I wanted to, and I will still a little go go on about this Kyrie thing because I'll never forget that day in July uh, 2019 when I felt rock bottom uh, when that piece of shit and Durant, you know, chose the Nets over the Knicks. It made me feel as a Knicks fan that we were a stock, and, and not that it's changed anything in terms of that, but can you imagine if this was the Knicks that they were fucking doing this to instead of the Nets? I mean, it, it's the Nets, and it's still a story. If it was the Knicks, it would be an all-time colossal laughingstock circus. So, you know, there's dodging bullets, and then there's dodging firing squads. I, I know that a lot of, like, the Nets fans, uh, you know, aren't really assholes, and that's fine, but, you know, for the ones that were celebrating that day in July of 2019, you know, I, I, I enjoy drinking your tears today. Go fuck yourself. And I'm not really, you know, I'm not really upset about that. The reason that you can hear the victory in my voice is because as I'm making this phone call, I just see on Twitter that Carlos Beltran is leaving the Yes Network to go uh, hold the position in the Mets front office. What a waste. What an absolute waste. They bring this guy in. They're scared. The the Yankees should have had him in the dugout, let alone the front office. And they were scared because of the whole Houston thing. So they put him in the booth with Kay. They waste him away. And now, again, I tip my hat to the Mets. Cause you can say whatever you want to say about Sabian and Manaya and all these guys that Cashman is bringing in, by the way, to give off the illusion that they're going to be holding Cashman in check. But at the end of the day, I think they may just be yes men, no pun intended. Whereas you have Beltron, who I think is an outstanding mix of old school and new school. And now boom, he's with Buck with the mess. So that's actually the real reason I'm upset. So again, Kyrie laughing, Beltron. I'm upset. Hope all is well, Jay. And, uh, will there be a, uh, a podcast at the bachelor party inquiring minds would like to know?
2: Well, the bachelor party for me will be final four weekend. There will be a podcast after opening day. I mean, that's a given. I will be at the sports book for eight hours. So there will 100% be a podcast, uh, from the casino after opening day of baseball. That is an absolute given. Um, as far as your call on Beltran, it is a waste. I don't understand why he was not in the Yankee front office why he was not put on the Yankee coaching staff, good for the Mets. You know, the Mets screwed Beltran a couple of years ago. Now Beltran gets the opportunity to kind of make his mark in the sport. Broadcasting was clearly not for him. Now he gets to work with these teams. He's a brilliant baseball guy, and I think he'll do quite well. And as far as Kyrie Irving, this is the last time we're talking about him on New York, New York for quite a while. You know how happy that makes me. But, Justin Termini, I love SiriusXM NBA Radio. He's one of the best in the business. Kyrie, Knicks, Durant, it's all covered. It's coming up next. I think it's rather appropriate on the day of Kyrie Irving's departure from Brooklyn, we welcome in one of Kyrie Irving's biggest fans, Justin Termini, SiriusXM NBA Radio. And Justin, it's fair to say you told this audience, you told my previous audience when I worked in radio, that Kyrie Irving anywhere was disaster written all over it. You never could have imagined it was going to be this bad in Brooklyn though. Could you? No, I don't know. I think I kind of, could. <laughs> I wouldn't want him anywhere
1: near my team and my, but you know, Mark Cuban apparently didn't get the message. So I got to tell Mark now and anybody in the media down in Dallas and the Dallas fans. But yeah, I think I texted with you the day that it actually transpired where he left for Boston and went to Brooklyn and, uh, uh, you know, it's it's now like this guy has played. Think of the, the guys this guy has played next to. It's not like he's blowing up teams that are going nowhere, right? And I can see why guys like want out of those situations. This guy is destroying teams with LeBron James on them. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and a very good Celtics team. Now he's done it to Brooklyn. Now he's going to have the opportunity to do it to Luka in Dallas. I do not envy the Dallas fan. I've envied them for years because they get to watch Luka maybe for the next 15 years if he stays there, but I don't envy them having to now watch Kyrie Irving over the next couple of months or the next couple of years.
2: I got to be honest, I'm surprised Brooklyn got what they got in return, quite frankly, for him. I thought you get after she quit on them again. After he demanded a trade again, and this is on top of all of the other shenanigans that you've been dealing with throughout the course of this year, the anti-Semitic stuff, the vaccine stuff, uh, taking extended absences. I mean, I could go on and on when it comes to this knucklehead. When you get the last straw over the course of the weekend, when the team is finally playing I'm like, geez, who in their right mind is going to give up anything for this guy? And you get... A couple of decent pieces and a first-round pick. I get it. The the first-round pick, I'm going to be – it's like in third grade right now, JT. All (laughs) in all, the Nets did pretty well in this trade, I think.
1: Yeah, I thought they did too. And, you know, they were – eight. the thing that's frustrating about this is, like, it would be different if they weren't showing any flashes, right, if they were just playing like they did at the beginning of the year. They're 18-2 and over the previous 20 games before Durant gets hurt. Durant leaves. It all falls apart like this. Like, if Kyrie stayed, they had an opportunity of an NBA championship I don't know if they have that right now, but I do like Dorian Finney-Smith, I, you know, as a as a defender and as a guy who can knock down an open shot. I do like Spencer Dinwiddie. I still think they're a move away, like another big, and I felt that was the case even if they kept Kyrie. They needed, like you saw it against Boston, right? Even when Durant was there, like Robert Williams, Al Horford, they're too big. Giannis is too big in the Eastern Conference. Embiid, bam, out of bio. Like they needed another big, and they still need another big. Uh, but, you know, they're they're not, not a team that can't go far in the postseason as current constituted with this this return.
2: What's your sense on what Durant decides to do moving forward? You know he wanted Irving here. He's vouched for Irving every which way, which, to be honest, is probably Kevin Durant's biggest character flaw. The idea that you would get in the bed with this guy, this lunatic, seeing what he's done over his entire NBA career. Do you think Durant's basically saying, get me out of here now? Do you think the Nets still have the ability to play hardball what do you see transpiring here with Kevin Durant?
1: Well, and you used the correct word, lunatic. And that's why I thats why I have an issue. You know, I don't feel bad for Durant. A lot of people are saying, well, you wasted four years of Durant's prime. Durant chose to do No, this. he
2: chose I, Irving. Nonsense. Exactly. He chose so, Irving. Please. Yeah, like, I feel
1: bad for Jock Vaughn. I feel, bad for, uh, I feel bad for, like, Nick Claxton. I feel bad for Seth Curry, like other guys who had a shot this year to win an NBA championship. So I feel bad for those because I don't feel bad for Durant. He chose to play f- with this guy and he could have played with anybody in the league, let's be honest. Like, anybody in the league would have signed to play up with, with Kevin Durant. And you saw what he did in Cleveland. You saw what he did in Boston. Now, you you know, you get what you deserve here. And that's why the Mavericks, I'm not going to feel bad if this blows up in their face, they know what they're getting into with his reputation. Uh, as far as Durant, I, I see him probably playing out the rest of the season there, which is unfortunate because uh, the trade does make them worse. Uh, not significantly worse, but it does. Uh, but, you know, stars like playing with other stars. So look at look up and down the roster. Is there another star? Like Nick Claxton's a nice player. Spencer Dinwiddie's a nice player. Dorian Finney-Smith, who they get back. Uh, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Like, they're nice players. It's a decent team. But these guys like playing with other stars. There's no stars in the roster. So, of course, I think in the offseason, it has to be dealt.
2: Okay, if he's dealt. Phoenix, Miami, I'm missing anybody here?
1: Well, like, what are those teams giving up for? Well, are, I don't know.
2: Are, I'm just trying yeah. to forecast where his future might be.
1: Yeah, yeah and, you know, Phoenix, DeAndre Aiton, I'm not sure if they have any interest in, in Aiton.
2: In, in I mean, Brooklyn. I wouldn't. If and I were Brooklyn, I get, if I'm blowing it up, I, what good does Aiden do me?
1: I agree. I mean, you know, the unless you're an elite center today, uh, it's you don't pay a center huge money like if you're Jokic or Embiid you do. Not if you're DeAndre Ayton. You saw what he was doing the last couple of weeks with no Devin Booker uh, and no Cam Johnson. And like, you know, he's putting up decent numbers, but they're not winning. Is Miami going to part with Bam or, or Jimmy Butler? I don't know about that. Outside of that, I don't know if i love anybody else in that roster. Tiger hero is not getting me Kevin Durant. Uh, ultimately, probably what it comes down to is where does he want to go? Now, I don't think the Nets cared where Kyrie wanted to go. In fact, they probably would go out of their way to send him somewhere he didn't want to go. But with Durant, I think that, you know, just for their reputation around the league, with other players, they probably wouldn't send him somewhere like he doesn't want to go. So we'll see what Durant's list is, I guess, and you know whether it's in a couple of days or in a couple of months.
2: I think we're both going to be in agreement here. There's no way in the world this Kyrie Luca pairing ends up working out, does it? Maybe you want to tell me for the rest of this year, right? Maybe they could play nice. Maybe they could win a round or two in the playoffs. Sure, there, there is no conceivable way this ends up working out because. JT it never works out with Kyrie Irving. Never.
1: Yeah. He, even if you wanted to tell me that he was going to be stable for a couple of straight months, and again, he was stable for about a month and a half here, and then he wanted to get compensated based off a month and a half of good behavior. But let's just assume we get the best version of Kyrie, okay? All right, so now you put him with another guy who needs to have the basketball in his hands. So even from a basketball fit, two insanely talented guys, but they both need the ball in their hands, so they're not known for like moving off the ball, uh that you know cutting and uh, and and all that type of stuff. So that's an offensive fit. And then does somebody also want to tell me defensively how these two guys are supposed to stop anybody? Think about probably the three best players on their team right now. It's Luca who might be a worst, you know the worst defender in the league. He was atrocious last year in the postseason. It's Kyrie who doesn't care about anything defensively. And then the guy that's been their second best player the last couple of months, has been Christian Wood. Christian Wood didn't start for the longest time because Jason couldn't stand his defense. So their top three players, Luca Wood, and Kyrie, play absolutely no defense. So it's not necessarily a fit offensively and defensively. Nobody plays it. Now, I could see why Dallas made the move, even with that said, JJ, because they're desperate just to try and appease Luca. They weren't going anywhere this year, but I still don't think they're going anywhere this
2: year. Hindsight. Dallas should have paid Jalen Brunson. Now, Jalen Brunson, I think, wanted to be a Nick. His dad's yeah. on the coaching staff. There's all those CAA connections. But perfect world, JT. I'd rather have – I'm not saying he's a better player because he's not a better player, but he works harder and he's four years younger. I'd rather have Jalen Brunson on my team than Kyrie Irving. Not even oh, close. He's, he,
1: yeah, he's not as talented, but he's a better player because, like, to me, like being a player is like fitting into a team concept. Right, and like, I don't care about one-on-one. Like, Alan, I've always said, like, Alan Iverson, Kobe Bryant, as great as Kobe is, They'd probably beat, like, Magic and Bird one-on-one, but they're not better players because being a better player is, like, fitting into the team concept, making your teammates better. So I think Jalen Brunson's a better player in, in regards to, like, fitting into that concept. And like you mentioned, he's four years younger. Uh, he's a guy that consistently plays. Like, what did he hurt his foot a couple of weeks ago when he was, like, playing through it to try and send the message to everybody else within the organization? Like, hey, if I can play through an injury, you guys can't. So he's, like, the complete opposite of him. He would have come at the fraction of the cost that Kyrie's coming with as uh, as well plus you knew it worked last year they made it to the conference finals
2: now for nothing jt i always liked him in college you know me i watch a lot of college basketball he was great at villanova i never thought Jalen brunson was this sort of nba player he's actually been watching him day in and day out better than advertised like watching him run the point do his thing for the knicks I i wondered about when they made that move okay well what's your end game as a franchise? They got themselves a legitimate bona fide point guard. He is a terrific, terrific player, dude. I love him. Yeah, and a,
1: and a guy I think other guys would want to play with, I didn't see it coming out like this. I thought maybe they overpaid him a little bit. I was fine with it, but I thought maybe they overpaid him. Now it's turning into an underpay. And I was also disgusted, like, when the All-Star stuff came out. Julius Randle's been really good this year. He
2: should not be on the All-Star team over Jalen Brunson. I, I totally agree. Now, you know why, JT, because the forward position's not as deep. There's a yeah, ton of, of guards. But, like... If you watch the Knicks every day, who's been more valuable to their team? It's Jalen Brunson by a freaking mile.
1: And that's one of the reasons why Julius Randle's been so successful is because Jalen Brunson's like putting him in spots to succeed. And I think you saw it in the Miami game the other day where it came down to the last couple of minutes. And like, it was a complete, you know, shit show in regards yes. to like how they executed their offense down the stretch. And they almost blew the game uh, or they, they did blow it. They ended up losing. But uh, Jalen Brunson uh, is is the guy that kind of keeps you in check uh, at, the, at those times.
2: Okay. Knicks, where they stand big picture. They're a playoff team. We'll see if they're in that top six. There's no way in the world they miss. You like Brunson. Randall's bounced back. bear has been a disappointment. His oh, defense God. is not as good as it should be. He can't hit an outside shot. What What's the next move for this team? We know deadline they're going to look to add a wing. Ananobi's probably a pipe dream. The Sadiq Baze of the world. Okay, great. If you were in the shoes of Leon Rose, JT, and you are an astute basketball mind, that's why we bring you on the show. We like your basketball opinions. Yeah. What would you be thinking bigger picture for the Knicks down the road over the next year or two?
1: Well, I think it's just accumulating these these picks like you have and then using them on the right right star, right? Like we keep hearing O.G. Ananobi, who's a really good player. OK, uh, and like, for example, the Phoenix traded for him. He's a massive upgrade over, I think, Jay Crowder, who we've had the last couple of years. But is is that a guy that is going to put you over the top and you're going to get rid of all these picks for him? Uh, I mean, you tell me, would you be happy with that? Like, he's a really good player, but I think he's also that guy where you like a step away. Uh, and, you know, and he gets you to the finals, I don't think with OG Ananobe, he gets you to the NBA finals. Do you no. So it's like a, it's a big st- like it's that next star. But Ananobi is like a step or two down from like the the guy that puts you over the top. Like, is it Zach Levine? Okay, I think Zach Levine would like, uh, you like crush the the reviews you get from the Nick fan, right? And the back pages would love him. Uh, but you know, is Zach Levine a number one on the championship team? Uh, Zach Levine's like. Not even a number one. He's a number two guy on a team that's like a 10th seed right now in Chicago. He's got a big contract. He has knee issues. Like you've had experience with knee issue guys in New York. Like, uh, you know, you're spending big money on Amari Stoudemire. Stoudemire, and then his knee goes bad. So, like, maybe it's that type of guy, but it's the next, you know, maybe it's Carl Anthony Towns. It looks like, uh, you know, that's Anthony Edwards' team now. Is is he going to be happy when he comes back? He's the clear number two. Uh, And the team's not succeeding. So I, I think it's just a star, regardless of like what position he plays, maybe outside of point guard because you're solidified there with,
2: with Bronson. Did they drop the ball, not making the move for Mitchell?
1: No, because I, I, I can't, like, if he was going to play like this, yes. But I was one of those guys that said you don't give up everything for him. I wasn't because-
2: trading Barrett for him, JT. I was on record. We had that conversation. Yeah. I would not have moved Barrett for him. And now, I mean, with the way Barrett's playing, I'm kind of Second-guessing myself. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, I'm
1: not a big Barrett guy. I mean, the the shooting percentage has been abysmal his awesome. entire career. And the other thing that kills you, and I bring up this point all the time, is look at all the recent number three picks from, like, the last, like, 10 years. Now, it's not the Knicks' fault because I don't think that draft was stacked, but, like, you know, Luca was a third overall pick. Tatum was a third overall pick. Uh, Jalen Brown was a third overall pick. Embiid was a third overall pick. Like, all these number three picks are, like, franchise-altering players, and you guys get stuck with Barrett. I really well, and, of tra- course,
2: they miss out with Morant being one pick ahead of him, too, Oh, by the way. Don't forget oh, about course. that. But
1: that's been the story. Like, you know, Curry, the same thing. But... Uh, you know, and then the mistake was when they took like Kevin Knox, who they take him ahead of, like, uh, uh, was that Shea Gildas Alexander and a couple of other, you know, big time guys, uh, with Kevin Knox. Yeah. Cause they took the wrong Kentucky guy that was Shea Gildas Alexander and they took Kevin Knox. The one, the one like Kentucky wing that didn't work out. Booker works out. Jamal Murray works out. Tyler Hero works out. You guys get Kevin Knox. Uh, so good job there. But, uh, yeah, uh, so, I forget the direction we were going in there, but Barrett, I do not love. I would have traded Barrett for Donovan Mitchell at the time. Uh, and uh, and now that uh, you're in this spot, uh, I can't fault him not for trading for Mitchell because I didn't think Mitchell was as good as he is. And Mitchell's been great.
2: Okay. We have mocked the Knicks for years, rightfully so. Yeah. Do you feel as someone who covers the league that they're moving in the right direction? Yeah or not? Yes,
1: because of, of Brunson, uh, all right? So it's like a piece that I finally feel confident that they can build around and maybe be sustainable. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, you're still stuck in the middle. Like, he's a nice player, but, like, do you have that superstar? Like, look See, that's the other- their problem,
2: JT. Like, they're not bad, they're not embarrassing, but they're kind of in, like, that NBA purgatory to some degree, right? <laughs> like, like, they're like, in that playing, seed, legitimate, no hope of getting beyond the first round with this current team. No, exactly.
1: Like so look at all the other teams in the Eastern Conference like that are at the top. The Celtics have Jason Tatum, bona fide superstar. Uh, the Bucs have Giannis, and you know, maybe Jalen Brown is too, right? I mean, he's like a he's probably still better than Brunson, and Brunson's your number one, and Jalen Brown's a number two, and he's still better than your number one. Milwaukee's got Giannis, Philadelphia's got Embiid. Durant is still in Brooklyn up to this point. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I don't think is those four guys, but he's still like a step ahead of Brunson. So like all those teams, at least four of them, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, uh, Brooklyn, have like the number one guy in a championship team. Maybe Brunson can be like the number two on a championship team. He can't be a number one. So you're still missing the biggest piece, which is a number one.
2: All right, final one. We talked about Denver beginning of the year. I'm invested, JT. I have to win the title. I have a very good number. For them to win the title, I think I have 20 to 1. They're down to like 7 to 1 or 8 to 1. Jokic is playing out of his freaking mind. He might win another MVP. The Celtics look like the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Right now, are those the two teams that we're looking at as the class of the NBA Boston in the East, Denver in the West, or you beg to differ?
1: Well, I so uh, Boston, I don't think, is as good as they were last year, the second half. And I'm still interested to see what Missoula does in, like, a tight series. Uh, I picked Milwaukee at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with Milwaukee if, and there's a big caveat there, and maybe that's unfair, if Chris Middleton gets back to, you know, Chris Middleton of two years ago. Because this is a guy that was dropping 40 points. He has not been that guy, JT, because I have money on
2: him, too, and I do not feel good about it because he's not been the same player.
1: It's all the – like, I'll pick the Celtics if – Uh, Chris Middleton's not going to return to form. But if Chris Middleton can return to form, I'm still going with Milwaukee. Uh, And then I would love it if Denver made it because I just, I'm in love with Jokic. uh, You know, so like, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be upset if Jokic beat my Celtics in an NBA final because I want that guy to get credit because it seems like, you know, he puts up the numbers right now. I I do have an MVP vote. I would vote for him for a third consecutive time. uh, And like people throw cold water on that and he takes a lot of crap when people are calling into the show. Uh, so, I want to see it like uh, validated by a championship so people can't do that anymore. So, I'm a little concerned about their defense and, and maybe their health with Jamal Murray, is a little inconsistent, although he's been better as of late. Uh, so, I'll go Milwaukee and
2: Denver. JT, uh, it's always a pleasure hearing your voice. Uh, enjoy Kyrie and Luca and the spectacle that that's going to be. I'm just thrilled I don't have to talk about Kyrie Irving anymore. Now that he is in Denver, uh, in Dallas, not my issue, not my problem. But I know you got a big anniversary coming up this week. LeBron, all time no. scoring leader. Get ready. You're going to be no. waving your pom poms. How excited are you?
1: I'm not very excited. I was (laughs) hoping that it would happen like on a Friday night. So I wasn't working Saturday or Saturday. So (sighs) It looks like it's going to happen Thursday. We're going to have a ton of guests on to have to talk about it. Uh, Like I was saying, I wish like Kyrie was great at the same time. So I could kind of split that and not have to talk about it the entire time. Are you going to be on the serious? You
2: tell me you're going to be on the serious XM non COVID uh, injury list, sickness list on Thursday. Is that a possibility? No, because I have, even if I'm sick, I have to show up
1: because then everybody's just going to say, I've never missed a day in my entire life of work. And if I don't show up on that day, people are going to say, I was just too scared to show up to work. So regardless, I could have like my my tongue cut out so I can only make noises. I'm going to have to show up for work. And you just go. Uh, 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 uh,
2: uh. The anti Kyrie Irving. What can I say? Justin Termini, Serious XM <laughs> NBA Radio. Buddy, enjoy it. You probably got a nice dinner lined up. In Los Angeles. Uh, I'll be out there, actually, after um, Super Bowl week. So maybe we'll link up, grab a cocktail or two.
1: No, this, this was good enough for me. I mean, that's like it? You, you had, had enough of me? 15 minutes? All right. See, yeah, I invite
2: yeah. myself over and I see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Enjoy, enjoy LA with somebody
2: else. We'll talk to you. Fair enough. I, I will do that. <laughs> see you, buddy. Later, JT.
4: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
2: Good stuff there from our guy, Justin Termini. He's such an ass. He really is, but he's the best. That's why I love him. People who could give me shit, they fit in. Let's just put it that way. You need people like that in your life. That's why I love DT. All right, before we say goodbye, Jeff Money got a couple of games at college hoops. I had a winning college basketball Saturday. If you followed on Twitter, I'm gonna be doing that every Saturday now. I'm gonna be tweeting out the picks, give you five ATS, and you know, now with football season over, that's gonna be our little Saturday hang. And this Saturday, uh, I'll be in Arizona, so I'll be tracking them there. But Jeff Money, it's a Monday. What do we got?
0: What up, J.J.? Jeff Money here at Handicapper Pick. will be for tomorrow, Monday the sixth. We got one NBA, NBA game, one college game. NBA play, money play, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz minus the 6 over the Dallas Mavericks. And in college basketball, I'm going to go with Miami minus the 3 over the Duke Blue Devils. Again, I got two plays. Money play in the NBA, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz minus the 6. And in college basketball, I'm going to go with Miami minus the 3. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, J.J., I'm out
2: of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Bunny. Now, let me preface by saying this. Miami has given me fits this year. ATS. I picked against them on Saturday. I-, I picked against them on East Coast Bias. Like, I can't get a Miami game right to save my life. I like Miami in the game. I don't think Duke's any good. I think Duke, you want to talk about a hangover, that's a hangover game written all over there after they just beat Carolina at home. But I'm just warning you, I can't get Miami games right. So, take that with a grain of salt. I think it's a great opportunity to get in on the Jayhawks. Kansas, after losing and getting smoked by Iowa State, they're back at Allen Fieldhouse. That's the game I like. I like both favorites on Big Monday, which I never like, and I never do. Miami and Kansas. I ride with Jeff Money. But know this. If I get this Miami game wrong, they're on the list for the remainder of the year. Fun show. We'll be out in Arizona. It is going to be a very eventful week, and I can promise you, we won't be as spiteful as Joe Cy. Good for him, by the way. Kyrie, you want to go to Lakers? Screw you! You're going to Dallas! Oh, that's terrific. I like Joe Side. That's a good move. That's a good move. All right, We got all sorts of fun. Tuesday, we'll have the combo before the storm at Radio Row. Thursday, we have like a book day. We have like seven people coming on the show, and we may have some of them on Thursday. We may have saved some of them for the Super Bowl and the weeks ahead, but We got a lot of cool stuff lined up out in Arizona. I'm going to miss my guy, Stefan. Next year, I'm dragging his ass out to Vegas. There's no escape for Stefan. I think I'm packing him in my suitcase. Great job by my main man. We're back on Tuesday. JJ out. Enjoy your Monday. We'll talk to you from the West Coast. Be good, everybody.